What should fans expect out of the Panthers following the bye week? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Wednesday throughout the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions right here on the show. To participate, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. But of course, follow first to get in on the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The Carolina Panthers enter the bye week at 0-6 and they will exit their bye week at 0-6. But this is a perfect time for us to reset expectations for the Panthers for the final 11 games of the season. Before the season began, I asked a lot of you, I asked all of you really, um, to let me know what your expectations for the team were. My expectations were for them to go Eight and nine. One win above what they had last year. Their Vegas over under win total to begin the season was seven and a half. And now it's at three and a half. So expectations have gone pretty far down for the folks over there in the desert. But I think the Panthers can win more. I think I'm going to take the over. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But we can start to take some time now to reset expectations. A lot of y'all told me that you felt like, okay, 9-8, and 8-9. Eight, eight and I got some 10 wins. I got some 11 wins. And now I'm really questioning who really felt that was going to happen. But as we know, the Panthers are 0-6. And, and, well, the vibes and the excitement from the season are gone. But there's still things to watch and to hope for and really to expect from the Panthers over the final 11 games of the season heading into the offseason and then hopefully a better outcome in 2024. Who knows? Maybe a miracle happens. Carolina Panthers make NFL history, but that's unlikely to happen. So let me go over a couple of things I think fans should expect to see from this team for the remainder of the season. Number one, Bryce Young being more comfortable in the offense. Everything gets better for the most part. With time and age. Maybe the human body, not the case, but a lot of things typically get better with time and age. A broken heart, time and age is going to heal that. Your wounds, time and age, that will heal your wounds. The Panthers having a rough start to the season with time and age, it will get better. And for Bryce Young and players at every position in the NFL who have the talent with more time, some experience, and getting older, you get better. So I feel like Bryce Young, after five starts so far this season, he's going to look like a better player the remainder of the season, especially now that Thomas Brown, the Panthers' offensive coordinator, is officially the Carolina Panthers' offensive coordinator as he is their 
play caller. He gets to be the primary voice that Bryce Young hears from for the remainder of the season. The same case with the rest of the offense. Yes, Frank Reich, Parks Frazier, the entire offensive staff will have a say in the game plan. But this is now Thomas Brown's offense. He's calling the shots on Sunday afternoons, and that is the best thing for the Panthers moving forward. He's going to go through his own ups and downs, but I would rather him be doing it than having Frank Reich, who had an uninventive, unimaginative offense through the first six weeks of the season. Now Thomas Brown takes over, and him and Bryce can learn and grow together, which, which I think is the best thing for the Carolina Panthers moving forward. And Bryce has only started... Five games. He's played in five games in the NFL. It was going to take some time for Bryce Young to look like the Bryce Young that we saw at Alabama. If he ever plays that smoothly at this level, it was going to take time. It was going to happen immediately. But I feel like Bryce Young over the last couple weeks against Detroit, especially in the second half and in the start of the game last week in Miami and even later on in the game when the Panthers are trying to come back, I feel like Bryce Young looked better the last two weeks than he had looked to begin the season. And that's a good thing. And that's what I think you should expect moving forward is for Bryce Young to continue to feel more comfortable. They talked about simplifying the offense. They had the whole wristband last week, which you see in college a lot of times. They are trying to not necessarily dumb down things for Bryce, but they want it to be easier for him, for him not to think as much and just go out there and play football. And now with Thomas Brown, I think that can help Bryce Young and will help the Panthers moving forward to have Bryce feel a lot more comfortable in this offense and for him to look more comfortable in the offense moving forward. Number two, the offense, I feel like it's going to be able to find an identity now. Thomas Brown was always a future play caller. And I told you earlier this week, and really on Sunday after the game was over, that just it's time to make that change. How much is going to really change as far as the overall offensive production? Are they going to turn into a top 10 unit overnight? No. Like I still feel like there's so many warts in roster construction issues and overall just talent issues that are going to prevent the Panthers from being um, a very competent offense, but maybe they can just be a little competent the rest of the way with Thomas Brown, but they got to find an identity. And Thomas Brown has talked about all the things about how he wants, what this offense he wants it to look like and, you know, things that don't take talent and this guy is going out there and really working hard and showing effort in every single play and that he wants to put his players in positions to succeed. So the hope is that Thomas Brown now in his mind can put that out into the field and be able to actually establish an identity for this offense. If the run game was working on Sunday, then for whatever reason, they went away from it. My hope is that, okay, hey, Chuba Hubbard looks pretty good. Maybe incorporate him more into the offense moving forward, especially since Miles Sanders has struggled. But Miles Sanders is not the only one that struggled. Hayden Hurst, he has been MIA. He's on a milk cart and haven't seen him at all this season. And you really wondered, why is it that Hayden Hurst, who the Panthers paid money to in the offseason, why is he not as a bigger part of the offense? I'm not saying he needs to be a focal point, but why is he not a bigger part of the offense so far this season? It's really Adam Thielen's the only one that Bryce Young trusts Got to get other guys involved. So can Thomas Brown be able to find an identity for this offense moving forward? I feel like that's something that that people should start to expect as Thomas Brown goes into the job, as the weeks go by, as he gets more comfortable, him and Bryce together, they should be able to establish more of an identity. Because currently, you don't really know what that is. But now with just one primary play caller and Thomas Brown moving forward, him being the OC, him being the guy, maybe they can establish an identity for the rest of the season. I think it also will help in Austin Corbett 
who arguably was their best player in offense last year, when he comes back to solidify the right guard spot, because that has just been really a turnstile, like left tackle was for uh, the better part of the last decade here in Carolina before Iki Aquano came in. I think the uh, offensive identity is something that fans expect to uh, really take shape over the course of the next 11 weeks of the season. Um, number three, the defensive struggles, I feel like they can improve once this team gets a little bit more healthy. And we talked about the defense, uh, I think, yesterday on the show and just how bad the numbers are because of the amount of injuries that this unit has suffered this season. When they get J.C. Horn back at some point, that should help in that corner. When you have J.C., you get Dante, who's had his struggles so far this season. But C.J. Henderson is really played well considering the expectations and what we've seen from him in the past. Troy Hill as well. Things get better there. At, at, in the secondary at corner. Then at, at safety, Xavier Woods, Von Bell, they're expected to be back after the bye, whether it's immediately after the bye against Houston or maybe a week after that. They should be back. And if you have a healthy secondary, and they've already played pretty well in the secondary considering like the numbers and the injuries, I think the defense is going to get better. Now, they got to be better against the run. I'm not quite sure if that's going to be possible um, considering Jack Thompson out for the rest of the season and for whatever reason, the alignment, the scheme that they're running does not seem to be uh, conducive to stopping the run. But I do think as far as the secondary play goes, that can improve. And with that, the defensive struggles should get a little bit better moving forward the rest of the season. And then forward and finally... The team should be more competitive. The schedule, we're going to go over it here momentarily. It's going to be a lot easier for them compared to what they started out with. When you talk about a new coaching staff, rookie quarterback, new schemes, and new players, it's difficult to then start off the first six games with four of the games on the road, especially when you're playing a juggernaut in the Dolphins who were a playoff team last year and look like they're going to be a playoff team, maybe even a Super Bowl contender this year. You go to Detroit, who has been probably the hottest team in the NFL since – Week 10 of last year, going there on the road, that's difficult. Seattle, never an easy place to go. That was a playoff team last year. Very well could be a playoff team again this season. Minnesota's a playoff team last year. doesn't look like that's going to be the case as their luck has run out and they've had some injury issues with Justin Jefferson being out for a period of time with his injury. And then, you know, Atlanta in New Orleans early on, you got divisional games. Like That's a lot of pressure to come out to start off the season. But now... I think things kind of ease up a little bit for the Carolina Panthers. And in those games, like they have been underdogs in every single game. They have yet to cover. Like That is unacceptable. The Falcons are not two touchdowns better than the Carolina Panthers. The Seahawks are a, are a good team. Are they that much better than the Panthers? I don't know. Miami and Detroit, I think that scoreline is pretty indicative. But you don't make a couple of mistakes see, in the first half against Detroit, then you're in the game. I think they're going to start to win some ball games. Are they going to win enough to be back in a playoff picture? No. But I do think the Carolina Panthers are a better team than what they've shown so far and what their record, which is 0-6, currently indicates. So I expect the team to be more competitive in the second half of the season, coming out of the bye, getting healthier, getting Bryce more comfortable in the offense, being able to find an identity in the defense, not playing it up to the standard that we thought they would play at, but playing a little, a little bit closer to that standard. Not, not, at, not very close, but better than what they've shown so far as their 31st in the league in points allowed. So I think some of those things are what you should expect moving forward in the uh, final 11 weeks of the season here in Carolina. Now, we talk about record going into the season. 8-9, 9-8, and 10-7, 7-10. What were your expectations then? Now, now looking at it, you're 0-6. They're not going to get to 10 wins. We're not going to look like it's not going to have a chance to have back-to-back winning seasons next year. 
But what record would make you feel confident in the staff's ability to build a winner here in Carolina moving forward? I'll tell you what that would be for me here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Everyone should feel empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency, that you actually have it. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared with Jace Medical. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel and that's been on your mind for a while, well, it's the NFL season. The NBA is coming back next week. Get the NHL already back. You have, well, I'm not even going to acknowledge the playoffs right now in Major League Baseball, but you have so much going on. So... There's no better time to get in the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Going into the season, I thought the Carolina Panthers would be 8-9. and nine. I felt like with the rookie quarterback and some lacking talent on wide receiver, and it has been far worse than I uh, could have imagined. I just did not think the offense would be clicking like a lot of us hoped with this all-star coaching staff with Frank Reich here, Thomas Brown, got Jim Caldwell in the shadows, got Parks Frazier, Deuce Staley. It looked like an offensive coaching staff that could be better than what we saw last year, especially the first part of the season when Matt Rule is still here and before Ben McAdoo was given the edict of, hey, run the ball. That's what we do by Steve Wilkes. So I feel like they're going to have some struggles on offense. But the offense has been worse, even though they're the highest scoring offense in the NFC South. They've been worse than I thought they would be. But I did expect some struggles to start off the season. But my hope was that going to the bye, they would start to pick up some momentum. And in a way, they've done that. But has it been the kind of momentum that, we were hoping with also some wins attached. Of course not, as the Carolina Panthers are 0-6. My 8-9 record, going to go ahead and throw that out the window. I do not believe the Carolina Panthers are going to go 8-3 the rest of the way. If they do, that would be awesome and also so frustrating considering how they probably should be 2-4 and four at worst. And I just felt like had they gone 2-4, and four, then they had an opportunity to find 11 games where all these games are pretty much winnable, aside from like maybe one or two, to where the Panthers could have been in the hunt. I don't think they would have been a playoff team had they gone two and four, but they could have been in the conversation, in the discussion. People would not be checked out like right now where I keep getting questions of, hey, is it farmer's market season now? No, it's not. Not quite yet. I'll tell you when it is, but there's still things like I mentioned that you can still pay attention to for the rest of the year here when it comes to your Carolina Panthers. But looking at the remaining schedule, the the Panthers, there's some games up here, man. Like, they can win. They could get on a little run here if 
things go their way. Like Houston on Sunday next week, that is a winnable game. Now, I have not watched a second of the Texans, but from my understanding and what I've read, C.J. Stroud's played pretty well. D'Amico Ryan's got that team playing some good football. They're competitive. They look better than the Panthers, but it's a home game against the Texans that are still a middling to lower-tier team in the NFL. They can win that game. Indianapolis, Anthony Richardson, he is out for the rest of the season, so the Panthers will face off against Gardner Minshew in a Frank Reich revenge game, I suppose, um, in a couple weeks. That's a game the Panthers can win at Chicago on Thursday Night Football. The Bears are no good. Uh, there's all the talk of the Bears getting the number one and number two picks. Well, if that happens, let the Bears be the ones who get the number one pick again because they are bad. Not that the Panthers, maybe the Panthers are going to give them their pick. Let it be two instead of one, if that's even better at all. But still, the Bears are a team that they can beat. Like Dallas, I don't see that can happen. The Panthers have not been able to protect Bryce. Even with Corby coming back, I still don't see how they're going to be able to protect Bryce against the Dallas Cowboys. But at Tennessee, Titans aren't very good. At Tampa, ah, I'm not overwhelmed by the Bucks so far this season. I watched a little bit of the game against the Lions uh, on Sunday at New Orleans. That's a game where you know I probably would say a loss in the Superdome, but it's not like the, the Saints have been as good as I thought they were going to be. They haven't been a runaway favorites in the NFC. Atlanta is a team you should have beat week one if you don't turn the football over. Green Bay at home, going to be plenty of cheeseheads, but it's not like the Packers are that great of a football team. At Jacksonville, of course, will be tough especially just thinking about the circumstances that might be playing out with the Jags and them trying to win the AFC South. They don't already have it wrapped up in home against Tampa. Like I, I look at a couple of those games. I'm like, okay, Dallas, something they would win that probably don't win in new Orleans. Like Jacksonville would be tough, but the rest of them, I mean, and even some of those are still pretty winnable. So for me, just looking at a record that would make me feel comfortable with the staff moving forward, as far as not really comfortable, but just like confident and their ability to actually coach and win games on the field. If they could get to six and five the rest of the way, like that's a winning record the rest of the way. Because you think about last year, the Panthers are one and five, and then Steve Wilkes goes out there and goes six and six. If they can have that kind of finish and then have the same coaching staff, the same quarterback, then be able to go out there and improve the roster in the offseason, albeit right now without a first round pick, I feel like fans should feel good about that. So if they can get the six and five and be six and eleven overall, it's it's under the uh, over under one total to start the season, which was seven and a half. But it's over what the expectation is right now, which is three and a half. Like the Panthers, if they won four games this year, that is just still not going to be good enough for me. For I really feel like if they can get to six and five the rest of the way, I would feel good. If they get to seven four, even better, because then that's matching the win total. From last year, still not above the over or under to start the season, but it's well above what Vegas is expecting right now from the Panthers. And and think about this. Like, those records would balance out a poor start. Now, it would also be very frustrating to see them play that well the rest of the way, considering, okay, hey, had they just gone 2-4, and because had they just gone 2-4 and four to start off the year, like, I really felt like they needed to get to, um, and they go 6-5, and five, that would have been an 8-9 and nine record. And had they gone two and four, then gone seven and four, that would have been a nine and eight record right there around the predictions that we had this season. So if you were someone who predicted eight, nine, nine and eight, such as myself, who predicted eight, nine, and you expected some early bumps and bruises and what the road games that they had and just the inexperience that the team had and all the new elements that the Carolina Panthers you know, kind of mixed together. Two and four would have made a lot of sense if you're just being realistic. 
And then second half of the season, that's really where they're going to make some, you know, some hay, be able to have a chance to go out and win some games. So really, if you expected that, you kind of expected six and five, seven and four the rest of the way. And I look at that roster, the remaining schedule, and yeah, they can make some trades that could hurt the Panthers' ability to do that. But I still feel like this team has plenty of wins left in them this year. Like I'm going to think positive. But I honestly believe that this is a team that is better than what the record shows and that they're a team that could go out there and win six games the rest of the way. I could see that. Six and five, finish six and 11. Like I, I could live with that for the Carolina Panthers. Like I really could. Just have a winning record, the final 11 games of the season, kind of match the last year of um, Steve Wilkes in the final part of the season once there was – of course, the coaching changed last year, but now the buy and court and play caller change. I could feel good about that. So y'all let me know at Julian Council, what record uh, do the Panthers need to end with uh, for you to feel confident in the uh, staff heading into 2024? So we'll talk about that. So please let me know. Um, but on the other side, Terrace Marshall apparently has been given permission to seek a trade. So yeah. Anything else going to come down soon as far as trades go for the Carolina Panthers. Let's talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on the projected stats, and place your entry. Test your skills on Price Picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Price Picks is really simple to play. You make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make price picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 that's pricepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 Whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL insider, reported on Thursday afternoon that Panthers wide receiver Terrace Marshall Jr. has received permission to seek a trade per sources. Carolina has discussed the matter with agent Vince Taylor as the player seeks a more prominent role. He's welcome back if no trade is found. Former second-round pick has 104 catches for 742 yards and one touchdown since being drafted in 2021. Okay, um, so it has begun. We have speculated. We have talked about the Carolina Panthers being sellers at the deadline. Will it be a fire sale like people wondered last year? Will it happen this year? I don't quite think it will be that. Brian Burns, there is, of course, the talk that he would be someone that would make sense as the Carolina Panthers could be able to recoup a first-round pick. Now, would they get 
the first, the two first rounders and a third rounder like last year they could have gotten from the Rams? No. Too many variables involved, including the team could be renting him, and instead of actually being able to have him be a long-term option. So there's also that's there's that. And we'll, we'll see kind of what happens with the whole Brian Burns situation. I still feel like the Panthers uh, should keep him around. I think they'll have a hell of a time trying to replace him like they've had a hell of a time so far replacing CMC this season after doing so last year. And they've had a hell of a time finding a receiver to replace DJ Moore. Like It's going to um, take some time for that to happen if they do get rid of Brian Burns. And you look at the rest of the pass rushers out there that the Panthers have, it's not like there's someone who's going to obviously step up into that role and give the Panthers the kind of production that they're looking for. Now, if they do trade Brian Burns and they get the first-round pick, and they got to nail it. And hopefully, when they nail it, if they nail it, they can re-sign that player. Because what is the trend right now for Carolina is, okay, let's see. Brian Burns, if they trade him, first-round pick, traded. Christian McCaffrey, first-round pick, traded. DJ Moore, first-round pick, traded. Is Derek Brown next? Like It's just one of those things where the Panthers are so bad in day two and day three of the draft. They're great on in, on night one, but they're terrible the rest of the draft that you would just think that maybe you would want to keep the actual draft picks and player that you have success with. So we'll see what happens if they decide to do that. Uh, but Terrace Marshall, and I'm going to talk to Mike Kay of the Charlotte Observer um, on Monday, and Mark already talked to him, uh, but he had some thoughts on some of the trades, so we'll get into all of that. But with Terrace Marshall, like, I get it. This staff forgot to play him against Detroit, y'all. <laughs> he had the best game of his career as far as just receiving just receptions uh, against the Vikings and did not play the next week because they reverted back to what the depth chart looked like when Jonathan Mingo was healthy. The not get him in the game. That's just, I don't think he's a great player, but it's just ridiculous that he can have that kind of impact. Mingo, who has not done anything to warrant any sort of, hmm, let's see. I don't know. Forget it. It doesn't even matter. Like, Mingo has been, he looks like he's kind of overwhelmed in a way. He has not been great so far. So, for him to not play at all just so that Mingo can get an opportunity is kind of crazy. And you got to think about it, too. Like, it's not like the staff thought highly of Terrace Marshall. Like, they brought in DJ Chark, and he hasn't been great. They drafted Jonathan Mingo and just mentioned he hasn't really inspired that much confidence so far. Um, That's what I was trying to say earlier. So... It's just interesting that, like, they basically let it be known that, hey, yeah, you're fine. Like, we don't really want you to be a big-time player in this offense. And they told him that. They told LaVishka Chenault that. They told Shai Smith that, who's not even on the team anymore. And they also went out there and brought in Demir Burt. So they were trying to overhaul this wide receiver group. And it was the staff that was really leading to these moves. Like, DJ Shark, someone that Frank Reich wanted. Um, Sean Jefferson really liked Jonathan Mingo. Like, these are their decisions. So for Terrace Marshall, it's kind of the writings in a way was written was already on the wall before the season even started, like way back in March, as far as what they valued him as far as his position and like where he would be uh, playing. But then when he actually produces in a way and then doesn't play the next week, I can understand how that could be frustrating. Now, I don't know what his market will be. He's a second round pick. So hopefully they can get like a fourth or fifth for him. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And that can start to Help the Panthers rebuild. But what are they going to do with it? That's That'll be my question for all the guys that they trade. Cool, you traded them for a draft pick. What are you going to do? Is it going to be the same case where you draft a guy in the fifth round like Keith Taylor and in two years' time they're not around anymore? 
Is it going to be like you draft a guy like Terrace Marshall in the second round, and then two years' time he gets traded for less than what you use to draft him? Like, what are you going to do with it? So it's cool that Terrace Marshall wants out in a way that because the Panthers can then get some compensation, but does it matter if they don't end up drafting a player that can have an impact and help fill out this roster? So best of luck, Terrace Marshall. It's disappointing. Uh, I liked what he was at LSU, what he could have been for the Carolina Panthers, but he's very clearly um, just another guy, if even that. So I'm not going to be broken up about it if he does leave. My hope is that the Carolina Panthers get the most they can for him and that when they do, or if they do, they actually do something with the pick that's productive opposed to what they've been doing the last couple of drafts, which is swing and a miss after swing and a miss. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'll be back next Wednesday to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me to get your questions in for next week's show. But in the meantime, be safe. Be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding and enjoy your bye week. And I'll be back with you on Monday talking to Mike K of the Charlotte Observer about all things Panthers as far as trades, potentially they could happen, um, the future of some players, yada, yada, yada.